The following podcast is a proud member of the Blue Collar Roots Network. Find all the shows by visiting bluecollarroots.com. He may seem like a mild-mannered engineer until you install an HVAC system improperly. Then the whole turning green Hulk shirt ripping thing happens. And it's not pretty. Here's Bill Spone. Hello and welcome back to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. This podcast helps to create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance techs by helping the two professions work better together, understand each other better, and with the ultimate goal of making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. Sometimes you have to have a sense of humor as well as disciplines to the way you approach your work. Okay, so who is that guy and what did he just do? So my first formal introduction to today's guest, Keith Keller, was shortly after he crashed his drone into a tree at the HVAC Symposium in Florida a couple years ago. Now, while we didn't bring up the drone incident in this podcast, we had a wide-ranging conversation that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I hope you will too. Keith is one of the most unique and fun people I know in the world of HVAC, from his hobbies to his projects to the disciplines he employs in his personal and professional worlds. I think he leads quite an eclectic life. This episode is peppered with Keith's life experiences, life hints, and life hacks. We talk a little bit about the podcast that he used to be on and he helped found a number of years ago called The Nerds, the podcast. And there's all kinds of links in the show notes where you can find out more about that if that type of topic interests you. Keith's email is also in the show notes if you just want to reach out and have a conversation with them. So without further ado, let's find out how a kid with a backpack set himself up for success. Keith, how are you today? Doing good, Bill. Doing really good. Good. You just celebrated a birthday, didn't you? Yeah, actually yesterday. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you. Happy belated birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So when your birthday passes and Facebook goes and tells everyone, you have two days of homework to go clean up and say thank you to everyone. Okay. So that shows you're a responsible person. Oh, a little bit OCD kicks in. I have to respond to everyone. So I guess we share that trait. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's just like a little thank you or thanks or appreciate it, whatever. But if they took the effort to think about you, you got to get back. Exactly. It's important that they reach out to you and especially it's important that you get back. So Sure. And I know you're not like clinically diagnosed with OCD. I don't think so. No, no. So how does that frame your life? Are you involved in a lot of different things in addition to your work? Oh, in addition to work, everything is organized. Everything has a place. Always had that motto in life. So if it lives on a shelf, it has a place. It lives on that shelf. I may have a lot of stuff. I'm not a hoarder. And I'll give you an example. I collect video games since I was maybe like 12. And that's a passion of mine is video games. I have over 3,000 actual physical video games. That's not digital. That's like a cartridge from Nintendo all the way to like a PS4 clamshell case with a CD. I have 3,000 video games. Everything has a place. Everything is cataloged. It's all insured, the whole thing. So how about technology? Oh, (laughs) same thing with technology, right? Let's say like digital music. I got rules. Never delete a picture. 
unless it's like a throwaway picture. Your thumbs over the lens or something. Yeah. 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 But like pictures of friends, things like that. Like friends go to me, they'll go back to 2000 and I may have a picture of them. Never delete music. That's another one. Phases come and go. But sometimes you may want to, like I have records that are alphabetized, vinyl. We share that trait with Eric. But digital music that I downloaded or recorded or had friends record, never get rid of it. So doing a video game since you're age 12, you told me before we started here, you actually used to be very active in a podcast. Did you actually start that? And what was the topic of that? No, I started as a guest to my friend's podcast. And then they had to change the name because there's a word in there that was not safe for work if it came up on a search function. So that was about like 10 years ago. I did that with them and we called ourselves Nerds, Nerds a Podcast. And it's amazing that 10 years ago that we got the name Nerds from like iTunes. It was available. I don't know how. It was like a stroke of luck, and it was a video game podcast that we reviewed video games, technology, movies, all the Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, all the comic stuff we talked about. I'm not a part of it anymore because the current role that I'm in with NAVAC requires a lot of traveling, and it's not fair to the podcast. I wasn't doing it a service, so we found a replacement for me, and they're continuing on. So that compulsion for making rules, keeping things in order. First, let's talk about how you got into this role in HVAC, and then we'll talk a little bit about how that might structure the work you do. So how did you get where you're at? And where are you at right now? So right now, I am the divisional sales manager for NAVAC for, they call it the South, but it's really like Southern US, but also Latin, Central America, Caribbean. If it has to do with sales, I'm your guy. So We manage independent rep firms. We don't have our own army out there. We have independent reps that we hire. They go out and promote the products. But how I got here, just like everyone else, never meant to be here. Never thought, oh, you know, in high school, yeah, I'm going to go in the trade. I mean, really, that's not the messaging that you get in high school or even growing up, which some of that should be promoted early on because I'm never going to leave. In high school, I had a job at a bicycle distributor in Coral Springs. And if you guys buy from True Tech Tools, you may know this town because I would walk by Core Enterprises literally every day to work, which is where AccuTools has their office over there. So I would literally walk by there to go to my bicycle distributor job. And if anyone rode BMX, you know this name, MCS, big name in the 80s. And I was just working in the warehouse. I was also their bike mechanic, but I had a heart for computers and IT, which I still do. So I went to school after high school for computer networking. My best friend's dad owned an AC company, pretty decent size. He always had anywhere between 10 to 20 employees, medium size, I would say, for South Florida, where I live. But he hired me because he knew I was going to school for networking, knew I was open to try anything. And in 2004, he had the idea, hey, I want my guys to dispatch themselves in the field. This is unheard of in 2004. I mean, think about at the time you're using Motorola two-way. Yeah, yeah. The I-730 was out. It was a phone slash two-way radio. Push to talk kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, push to talk, yeah. And that's how you're getting to your next call. Well, in 2005, we rolled out. All the truck had air cards, and the office had like a slave computer that would VPN in 
And then the techs would dispatch and actually bill themselves. Well, it was me in the office doing the billing, scanning it and emailing it to them. And they all had printers in their truck hooked up to an inverter and all that. And we were actually able to collect a lot more money rather than letting it live out on the street. I did get my degree in IT, specifically networking, but that's not what I wanted to do. I found the HVAC industry a lot more interesting. So you helped solve a problem or break a frontier in a way. Yeah. And I mean, my friend's dad, he was just doing it to better his company. He didn't think that much further past that. Plus, he is an inventor too. He has US patents. He has a patent for lights that go under a motorcycle tank. So anytime you see like a light that illuminates from under the motorcycle tank, he has that patent. What we learned is with a patent, you better have a really good lawyer because there's people that infringe on that. Protections, yeah. Yeah. And actually, that was part of the reason why I ended up leaving him was not because I did anything wrong or I wanted to. The recession in 2008 and nine, new construction slowed down, got stuck with a big bill from a big construction company. And he was fighting against like Harley Davidson on his patent. Hey, here's my patent. Here's what you're doing. So he had to let me go. The local distributor, Jim Air Distributors, if you guys know who they are, if you're out in California, Arizona, they're known as Heating and Cooling. If you're in Louisiana, that's Acme Supply right now. They noticed I was gone. You got this kid that's been coming in since he's 17 years old. And all of a sudden, he ain't coming in no more. It's 2009. The local manager. I also say like you're memorable. So... (laughs) And I say that in the most polite way possible, but you are memorable. So, Well, if I tell you how they remember me, it's because I was doing that dispatching and I had my own laptop and I had my own air card. And think about like 2006, who else is showing up to a counter and like putting their laptop out and popping it open, flipping it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah like that ain't happening. So they call me the kid with the backpack. <laughs> so... Yeah, the local manager, Juan Robles, I mean, he's retiring this year, but he's with Jim Air for like 40 years. He's like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. You doing all right? I go, yeah, I got laid off. At the time, I was working two other jobs, building bicycles for this avid road biker and then working at a local skate park at the concession stand that my friend owned. And he's like, hey, why don't you come work for Jim Air? We need your help on the warranty counter. That's the most brutal job you could do, I think, in distribution. They probably like chuckled under their breath when they say, <laughs> well, the thing is, I did all the warranties for the AC company, right? So they're like, oh, this kid knows how to fill it out and he could fill it out better than any of you old timers. So that was like pretty much how they got me on the resume. It's like, can you fill out a warranty slip? Like, yeah. So off I go work on the warranty counter. And if you want to learn parts and you want an introduction job to distribution or even the trade. You get really intimate into the warranty section. You learn what makes up an AC unit. I treat it like going to school. Like I knew that like I was not going back to the IT world. I didn't want to start setting wire, pulling wire. That wasn't for me. I started liking the HVAC side, but mainly on like the sales and the contractor side more. Anyway, so in distribution, you could work your way up as far as you want. So Went from a warranty counter to like lead sales counter at the Pompano branch. It's like a South Florida store, but there's like 12 people on the counter. I mean, that's a big counter. That's a big store. They're a distributor for Ream equipment. So Ream is very prominent in the state of Florida. Went to go be a manager. I managed my own stores, my own distribution stores in West Palm 
beach in Hollywood. And then the corporate office kept was like, hey, we noticed you like doing this thing, doing this. You implemented this strategy. You set up express pickup in like 2011. I want to see how you did that. You put a TV in your store and put all these videos on there in like 2011. Like, can you come over here? I'm like, no, my store is doing good. I like it. No, no, no. Then there was a guy, his name is Andre Zidane now. He works for GE Small Appliance Division now. But he asked me, he said, hey, listen, I really want you on my team. I'll take you under my wing and here's my plan. And he really had it all, got me there and really set me up. But it goes to show you that literally could go from just a runner at a contracting company to working in a corporate office and distributor as long as you apply yourself. But then you haven't finished. What was your next step, your next move here? From there, he made me product manager of e-commerce. So if you go online, jimair.com, I tried to make the website feel a little bit more like the store, implementing tools to make the contractor's life easier. We had a group of contractors that we worked with to get the app right. That was a lot of fun. That was a really lot of fun. But from there, they wanted me to go into like a product management role. So I oversaw actively about 550 vendors, oversaw about 30,000 SKUs. Sounds like a lot. I mean, really it does, but most of those are parts and pieces, put together some global plans nationally to stock parts and pieces in all the stores to support the equipment, try and be on the cutting edge of all the new products, which is actually where I first heard of NAVAC and I first heard of AccuTools, working with AccuTools to get set up as a vendor. I was that guy. So it's a lot of fun. From there, I wanted to try something new, round out my skills. So I decided to join the NAVAC team as a regional sales manager. So I had a smaller territory that was in charge of the independent reps and yeah, ensure the sales and go to all the shows, meet all our customers. And every day is a blast. I really enjoyed this side. I enjoyed honestly everything I've done. I've been really blessed to run into really good people and people that supported me along the way. So for those that are listening that aren't familiar with NAVAC, can you give us some background on the products, the process, the philosophy of the company? Yeah, yeah. So NAVAC came to market in the U.S. about five years ago, but spent the past 30 as almost like the OEM of vacuum pumps and recovery. So pretty heavy on the R&D side, but the NAVAC name is dedicated to more of a quality product, innovative product than anything else. I've seen products made by NAVAC that were trying to be launched with other larger companies that didn't make it out. So I would be in these closed door meetings and see different products. And then all of a sudden NAVAC comes out and I see that product again. One of those examples you can use your imagination is the battery powered vacuum pump, whether that's a two or a four CFM. I saw that two or three years before it even came out by meeting with a very large company there. But yet, NAVAC is dedicated to being very innovative. And I think that's why you got people like me and Andrew Greaves that are drawn to it is because it's almost like a startup, but you have such a huge backing to it. And the products are very top notch. To give you an idea, really, we're known for vacuum pumps and recovery, but we're getting more well known on tubing. And we could make a exact flare in 12 seconds. And anyone wants to challenge me to it, and I'll whip out my flaring tool. Come see me at the HVAC school symposium. Come to the booth, and let's time ourselves. And I could show you I can make a accurate flare every single time in 12 seconds. 
And you were doing it there this past year. Yeah, this past year, the year before, this will be our fourth year there. And you put your hands on the tools. We bring everything. All those are actually my tools. So you could touch them, feel them, try the product before you buy. And then you go over to True Tech Tools and they got a discount for you when you attend the show. Oh, thanks for mentioning that. And yeah, True Tech's one of the, I think we we're one of the first vendors or first distributors to put on Navac brand. Oh, yes. Yeah, one of the first ones, yeah. I definitely would say so. But we saw something there too in the innovation and the quality. And I also want to say like simplicity. It's just like very logical when you look at the products, how they work. How does this 12 second flare, how do you accomplish that? Give me like a verbal so someone can create in their mind. What is doing that? There's two tricks to like a really good flare and it's best practice. I'm not saying anything that no one's ever heard before. Use a good tubing cutter and do not smash that tubing cutter down because you got a really dull wheel. Okay. If not, you're going to spend a lot of time deburring. Second tip is deburr. So knock out those burrs in there. And whether you're doing a flare or a swedge or just cutting copper, best practice. Point that copper down. The way that we're able to establish a 12-second flare is we have a clamp that goes on with a depth gauge built in. And all you got to do is put that pipe up to that depth gauge and make sure it's on there. And then you bring the tool up, and the tool acts like a vice grip. And you just clamp it down, tap a button, does the orbital flare in, and then it backs itself out. Now, there's two tips on our tool that will help you with longevity and accuracy. Make sure you oil the cone and clean the cone. So you don't want that cone to have a bunch of extra burrs in there and dirt and dust. Just clean it and then oil it periodically. Also, if you get stuck, if you hold the light button, like let's say you forget to charge a battery or something, you hold the light button and it backs itself out. It doesn't try and continue forward. It'll just it's like back an escape key on a computer. <laughs> exactly. Control delete right there. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. And this is a motorized, battery-operated, handheld tool that completes the visual description of it. Exactly. Exactly. So it is battery-powered off a, I believe, 7.5 volt there. So it is a smaller battery, not like a full 12-volt, 18-volt, a big battery pack. But on 3H, you could do about 200 flares. We don't put that in writing. But what we do in writing is on three-quarter. On three-quarter, you're limited to about 100. Now, you're doing 100 flares on three-quarter. Hey, that's a great day and great job getting that job. But no, we haven't met anyone yet who does 100 three-quarter-inch flares. So, Some people, because I heard this before, I've seen this, people say, why do you need a tool like this? Tell me about, like, if I throw the line at you, every tool has its place. How do you react to that? So every tool does have its place, right? Just like everything on my shelf in my video games has its place. Exactly. We're we're gonna, this is full circle. We're going to bring it full circle. If you do a one or two main splits a year, maybe this isn't for you, but maybe your company does. So maybe your company, like for example, the company I used to work for, we would have a hammer drill. Not every truck gets a hammer drill, but the office does and assigns it out as they need to. So if you're doing a system, you could take it on there. And why do you want the fatigue of using like a hand flare, which we have, but that's going to take you about two minutes, maybe three minutes if you're newer to do a flare that's time. If you're doing a lot, that's time. That's fatigue. And not only that, it's not always accurate. There's also the fact that the space. So with our tool, you could get in tighter spots. 
a lot tighter spots than like the spin bit, which is a really innovative tool that came originally from Brazil. That was a tool that changed everything. But with the spin bit, it does it off of heat. So you have to know that you're changing the properties of that copper versus an orbital flare where it doesn't do it off of heat. It's safe to touch. And orbital flare is more like the traditional process of doing it by hand. So it's a motorized way of doing the hand process. Yes. And I've been selling tools for over 30 years. And it's always my mantra is like, you can invest in time and technique or in tools, or it's kind of a hybrid of all of those. So it's your call. It's your call. So the way that NAVAC thinks is, yeah, we try and be a little bit different and cool with the new tools. That's just a given. But really the idea behind it is how can we reduce the fatigue of the technician over time, be a lot more accurate in the way that we do things, whether that's a vacuum, recovery, or tubing there. But also we try and make it affordable. That tool's not a thousand dollars. It's very affordable, especially if you're doing multiple mini splits. Or what I found out in other countries, they call high wall because they put the condenser on high wall. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That like Puerto Rico kept telling me high wall, high wall. I'm like, no, mini split. They're like, no, it's called high wall. You put the condenser up high on the wall. So yeah, high wall. Interesting. Why don't we take a little diversion off of that? What differences do you see between those Latin American, South American, Central American markets and the US market? The adoption to the mini split motto, the way that the market is going, they've already accepted the mini split option way better than the American market has. They've already accepted that they're going to be making flares where the American market has not. That's a major, major difference there. How about like language or anything like that? Or Well, you see, I'm also in South Florida. I don't speak Spanish though, but when you're talking HVAC and you know HVAC, it's universal language. I just did a show in Miami where I did vacuum demonstrations in English, but if you just show them, it's a universal language. It's great. So bring it back to this organizational and tech aspect. How does that play into your role right now? Like, How are you approaching this job, say, different than a, another person was, your role at NAVAC? Well, I bring the experience of not only working for the contractor. The majority of that was in the office, but I have been on job sites where I helped out, pulled vacuum, helped install units, but also the voice of the distributor. 10 years at one of the Watsco company distributors is nothing to sneeze at. So bringing that to the market, plus I've sold everyone's tools. So I could speak to competition and you never put down your competition, but if you know how to do the comparisons and show, hey, this is what this is does, this is what ours do. If you want to like compare like the field piece makes a really good vacuum pump in versus the Navac, it's all features and benefits. What do you want? You want AC motor, DC motor. Okay, both have options. You want a quick change oil change or you want a larger oil housing. Those are your options. You want to change your oil more often, which everyone should, or you want to have a little bit more oil there so it can take a beating. It's just knowing those options. What does ours do versus theirs? So we ran like contests and like, for example, with Hillmore, I ran a really awesome, successful contest that they continued this year. It's called Fastest Hands Contest that we would run it every year in September. We did that for about like five years. And what I learned is while never assume that everyone is following the best practices, always use it not to put anyone down, never put anyone down, but everything is always a teaching moment. 
everything is always open for learning, and I carry that philosophy every day. So I'll see with what other contractors are doing. I will relate to them on maybe a way that I do it and why I do it, but never in an argumentative fashion. So to give an example, the average time to make a flare, I know this because of this contest, Fastest Hands, you had to make a flare and a swedge. Everyone's awesome at making a swedge until that you get the three eighths. Not a lot of people know that it's best practice to either anneal the copper or start it, stop it, turn it, start again to even the stress of that copper. But on the flare side, what you find out is no wonder there's a lot of leaks out there because everyone's trying to do it. Maybe they're doing it quick against the clock to win, but it takes a lot of time. So that's why a tool like the NEF6LM that you could buy on True Tech Tools is a game changer. Awesome. I think you hit on one word back there just about a minute ago, why, why certain things are done and explaining why or asking someone why you do it a certain way. Sometimes the answer might be because I've never been shown any different. And then that's like, that, that's like, for me, that's like the thrill when I hear somebody say that. It's like, you just exposed me something I didn't know about. Oh, uh, yeah. I've heard them all. While we're on a webcast right now, I do have a younger face, right? It's good genes or whatever. <laughs> But I've heard it all. I've heard a guy tell me, I'm teaching him about vacuum. And instead of being receptive to it, he turns and tells me, I got underwear older than you. I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I don't know what to tell you. If you got underwear older than me, I'll teach you how to pull a vacuum more effectively so you could afford new underwear. <laughs> like, let's, it's easy to get tilted. I'm not the type that goes that way. But yeah, anyone wants to come by the booth at the HVAC Symposium, we'll be there this year again. We'll have a conversation and show me your way. And I'll ask you a bunch of questions why you're doing it. Why are you using certain tools that way? And there may be better options. And I'll show you my way. So great conversation. But I want to close on kind of a fun note. And it's something that we talked about when we had dinner together at the AHR Expo. You went out to visit a certain specific museum in Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What was that about? (laughs) All right. So since I love video games, right, I always try and visit different barcades or video game museums. So in Vegas, the first one I went to that wasn't really like that interesting, but it's cool, is the Pinball Hall of Fame. The Pinball Hall of Fame has like hundreds of pinball machines there. It's right off of the strip. You can't miss it. It's across street from the Welcome to Vegas sign. That's the one I went to early on. Then there's a company called Emporium, and it's a brand. So they're like in Chicago and other metropolitan areas. And I found this Emporium, and then I asked Andrew Greaves, hey, let's go to this pinball bar, and let's go play some pinball. And I didn't know that this Emporium was in like an open plaza called Area 15, I want to say. It's a play on Area 51, so it's right around there. Well, the whole thing was like a whole alien encounter-themed museum, exhibit. We didn't have enough time to explore everything, but if you're in Vegas and you want to check it out, I thought we were like in a different world. So Emporium was just one little piece to this place, this big plaza, but there was like a VR room where you put on a headset and you go play VR, walk around for hours shooting zombies or whatever. There was this like built-in maze exhibition. We didn't get to do it, but some of our team members did where like you start in like a supermarket and you got to find the door, not an escape room. 
it's don't confuse it with an escape room. This is more like a museum that you have to find your kind of way through the museum. So, like a scavenger hunt, or not quite. You're not picking up things. No, because you're not looking for anything. You're just trying to find like the freezer door to get to the next room and then check out some of the exhibits. And it's all just weird. But yeah, that's an interesting thing. Okay. So on that note, we'll close here and give everybody back their own ears to listen to whatever they want to next. But interesting is a great way. You just use that word to describe you. (laughs) That's what I think of when I think of you. Every conversation is interesting. If somebody, you do that travel around the South, doing a lot of demos, distributors, the HVACR Symposium, I imagine you'll be at AHR Expo next year. Yeah, we'll be at AHR. We'll have our big booth. Come visit us in Atlanta. That's where it is this year. If anyone's listening from Mexico, I'll be at Guadalajara AHR Expo there as well. We'll be at iHacky. We'll be at Rita. A lot of the big shows, we're there. And if somebody wants to reach out and get in touch with you or with NAVAC, what are the best ways? The best way is through email, kkeller at navacglobal.com. We love to hear from our customers and let us know what your experience is. And if there's anything I could help you with, I'm glad to do it. Fantastic. Keith, always a pleasure. Good seeing your young face on video here. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't say which number birthday, and I'm not going to make you say it, but again, happy belated birthday. Oh, man. I'll tell them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Email me and ask, and I'll tell you. Okay. There you go. That's (laughs) why. Engage contact. Thanks, Keith. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast. I also host the ResTalk podcast where you can learn more about the world of home energy ratings and peripheral topics and how they're overlapping things that we do in HVAC and building performance. Other trade-related resources and influencers include the HVACR School, Zach Ciotta, Stephen Reardon, HVAC Reefer Guy, Tool Pros, Service Business Mastery, Quality HVAC, HVAC Overtime, HVACR Videos, HomeDiagnosis.tv, as well as following Craig Migliaccio. He's got a great series of YouTube videos, great newsletter, all about HVAC, and some great books too. And of course, our pal Jim Bergman over at MeasureQuick. Again, we hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we look forward to having you back to listen to more things and people that I find interesting on building HVAC science. Take care.